Welcome to Far Louder, your official association podcast. What Far does for both its community and the agent members wouldn't be possible without our great committees. Today, we're going to talk to Michael Brandon, the chair of the Tech Committee, to learn a little bit more about what they offer and how they're a resource for you. Thank you, Mackenzie. I appreciate you having me on the Far Louder podcast. Yeah, we're really excited to have you and to learn more about the Tech Committee. So can you tell us a little bit about what that is and what you guys do? Certainly. So a group of us gather once a month and we we talk about technology, obviously. Um, But our goal is to try to make things useful for the committee and then ultimately for the uh, community at large. So you guys have done like specific things like covering how to make videos, but you're also covering some new topics interviewing local officials, right? What are you guys doing with that recently? That's right. We have been talking with various county officials about their broadband plans as well as what they've done so far in trying to increase the reach of broadband to bring it to more people. Absolutely, and that's more necessary than ever. So it's probably been really helpful for your businesses to know what broadband's available where and what they're planning to do in the future. So thank you so much for helping um, move these issues forward. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's great to help our business so we know exactly what areas have it so we can communicate that to our clients. But uh, we also want to, to push the county, if that's the right Mm -hmm. way to put it, to try and get these things done sooner rather than later. Yeah, it's absolutely necessary. Everything is online now. We're becoming more virtual every day. That is is so true in every capacity. So did you have any of the meetings that were like your favorite topics to cover? I mean, I love talking about technology, new technology specifically. We get in there, we talk about the latest apps, and not just the new ones, but the ones that we're using and maybe using them differently, or the new features. You know, there's a few. I won't. I won't shout out any of them right now. <laughs> but um, we talk about those and how to use them in your business, the strategies to best implement those technologies, as opposed to just here's another piece of tech. Have at it. We try to help people use those technologies to the best. Of their ability. Yeah, and as a hands-on committee, you usually have your committee meetings, but then you usually have like a tech time afterwards that's kind of built into that, right? We do. We have a great tech time, and we have a calendar that you can see on the FAR website to see what topics are coming up, but uh, we'd like you to join in the tech time, but also feel free to come to the tech committee so that we can increase the diversity and, and figure out more of what our members want to, to learn about. If you're interested in getting involved or learning more about the Tech Committee, email Lauren Zuza at lzuza at farmembers.com. She'll be able to help you get started and to answer any questions you might have. Up next, we have a great segment with Kim McClellan, our Public Policy Director, as she interviews some leadership from MICA Ministries. Everyone, I am Kim McClellan, the Public Policy Director here at FAR. And I am very excited to be joined today by two fabulous ladies with MICA Ecumenical Ministries. Um, who are doing wonderful housing work in our community. Um, First, we have Peg Phillips, who is the home development leader. I think I got that right for Micah. And Peg, just tell us a little bit about what that means. What do you really do every day? I am in charge. Good morning, first off. I am in charge of the case management um, with Micah Ministries, as well as the housing locator, Josie. Um, I also wear the hat of the income um, in charge of the income department 
for for MICA. Um, so basically what that means is I oversee anything and everything to do with housing um, from landlord liaison to case management of the clients to, um, to locating the properties that we need for the clients going into housing, um, just all over housing. Great. Um, Josie is the community housing locator so Josie, and Josie's no stranger to FAR. Uh, she has been a mortgage in mortgage and was a member of FAR. Um, so it's nice to talk to you, Josie. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do for MICA? You're still on mute, Josie. Sorry about that. Good morning. My technology is great when it works well. <laughs> You've got to love Zoom. <laughs> um, good morning. As the community housing locator um, who services MICA, um, ministries, as well as the Stable Homes Partnership, which um, is the umbrella under uh, Micah Ministries, Thurman Brisbane, um, um, Shelter, Louisiana Hope House, as well as Empower House. Um, so as their housing locator, it is my responsibility and my job to partner with landlords, property managers, uh, private owners, um, basically locate housing, the inventory itself for our communities um, to service and, and partner with case managers, which Peg Phillips manages, as well as the other leaders of the other agencies. Um, we're servicing our homeless community. So I really am a support person to the teams to make sure that for one, the landlords have been updated, I'm educating them on the programs that we have as well as being an advocate to our community um, neighbors, such as our clients, as we would call them in real estate, um, they need someone to make sure that they're being guided towards fair housing, make sure that they know what area they're going into. So I consider myself the non-official realtor to our homeless community. Um, and I take that very seriously, as well as the communication and the relationship with the realtors and property managers and um, landlords and all that good stuff. Yeah, well, your job must be incredibly hard these days because inventory is obviously an issue all across the board. Oh, uh, goodness. This is going to be a really interesting conversation for our property managers. Um, so I know we were talking before we started recording that the last year has been a very uneasy time for everybody, um, mm -hmm. but specifically to landlords, you know, am I going to get that rent check that will allow me to make my mortgage and pay for the maintenance on this home? Um, so that has been fun, uh, front and foremost for a lot of our property managers over the past year. And what I love about these programs is this is so appealing, I think, for property owners to be able to work with an organization like yours to have that dependable stream of tenants who come with support, both financial support and with those sort of wraparound services. So I know we're sort of talking that inside baseball. So let's kind of go through the programs that you all offer. Um, and what that might look like for the homeowner and the property manager to, to work with those programs. So I'll let either one of you decide who's going to start talking. That would be me. Right. <laughs> so I have, I have, I mean, a whole buffet of programs that I can offer. It really depends on the, um, the interest and the availability, but um, so let's just start with, um, because Peg Phillips, uh, my leader is here, um, specifically with the MICA Ministries or our singles. Let's talk about singles 
break that down, singles and families. So with our singles, we have um, a lot of different programs that is funded um, locally, uh, federally, as well as state. And um, those would be such as for our singles with some disabilities and things of that nature or need more permanent long-term care. We have our permanent support housing um, through MICA ministry specifically. It is very different, but it's very special. I've um, been very fortunate to work on that this year um, with Ms. Pegg. And um, our permanent support housing is a program where we offer services to a certain demographic of people um, in our community that need have been disabled or have in need of housing or community services for long term. Um, and we offer where we would put the lease in our name. We want to go ahead and service that client ourselves with mental services, health services, income services. But most importantly, with a lot of permanent support housing, the lease would be in their name. And, you know, you become their landlord. Um, with this permanent support housing specifically, you're our land, the, we become their landlord, but we rent to you as a property manager. So for one, the, the rent is guaranteed 100%. You don't have to worry about collecting that. Um, the utilities are also in our name. So we really 100% are on board financially as well as committed to the client as well. Yeah, so I think that cannot be stressed enough. So it's just, I want to make sure I understand. Mm -hmm. so if you are partnering with MICA for this program, this permanent supportive house, housing program, MICA as the agency is on the lease, not the individual. Correct. So that relationship, that contract relationship is, is with the nonprofit, not with the individual. Correct. Which is amazing. I mean, that kind of connection and commitment from MICA um, has to put property owners' minds at ease. Um, if they're working with maybe a more challenging client who's coming out of the hospital or incarceration Correct. or something where you can work so directly with that landlord. And then when that landlord has a problem or a question, they can call you all, right? You are, That's you are right. available for that kind of communication. Correct. Not only just one person, but you get a team of us. But most importantly, there's some things that you are restricted as a landlord. You can't tell them they can't have company after 9 p.m. You can't tell them they can't have overnight guests. That's why it's so important to partner with the agency that supports you and supports that client and the best that they can. And that's what this program allows us to do. Um, Ms. Pegg um, is um, leading this program and her whole staff is very well educated, equipped, and they've been doing this for many years. And they're so successful that when the state gave out extra funds after all of this COVID, Fredericksburg was named specifically for this program to receive additional funding through the state. So I feel really confident that this program is not only successful, has been successful, but through this COVID time, as a landlord, I know that you've all been burned with people just camping out at the house or not paying and this CARES Act, you really weren't protected the whole time. If you had this program, you would have never gone through that. Um, Ms. Wow. Peg Phillips would have never allowed that. And we as an agency don't stand for that either. Um, we take care of our community and that includes our landlords as well. So that's, that's just powerful. So that's just one of the programs. We also have our rapid rehousing, which under rapid rehousing, I service families as well as individuals um, and also victims of domestic violence. Um, <clears throat> and that uh, funding is um, the 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 funding is really specifically meant to be used for getting someone out of their situation, which is homelessness, 
um, as fast as possible and then get them through our services, our community, get them the services they need, get them to where they're independent as fast as possible as well. So that funding for that client can be anywhere from three months to two years. Um, and we disclose and we um, will communicate with the landlord every three months, letting them know how much of a subsidy we're going to give them if 100%. And it can change because, you know, we become their community um, as, as housing. If they fall short, if an illness comes about, um, unlike other tenants that don't have a mom or a dad to bail them out, they have us. Not that we bail them out, but we're their supporting system. We're the ones that come in and if a child is sick for two weeks, can't help that but right. they, they shouldn't be that's right yeah. they shouldn't have to choose their child's health or their or their rent so we yeah. we are their support system and again we were very successful through covid with that program um we had the keys for christmas we housed um we didn't ha- quite hit 95 homes in 90 days but we were close and um, we did that as a community i was very <laughs> proud um, as, as my second year going into as a housing locator, it, it was really, really a proud moment to see how together we came and um, everyone was supportive and those families stayed inside um, through the holidays and after the holidays and they're still inside. Um, right. It's really exciting. And um, that's the other funding program that I have. And um, I recently um, have been partnered um, with other leaders um, and my servant um, leader, Megan Cotter, she brainiac and she gets us involved in so many projects. If it has to do with the community, we're there. And I'm now part of a team to help assist with Section 8 vouchers, um, specifically our youth vouchers. Um, that's a di- little different funding. That's not through rapid rehousing, but that is through housing, through HUD program. Um, and we are familiar with all with Section 8. But what makes me excited about this Section 8 program is for particularly a a group, a demographic of people that are between the age of 18 and 25, Kim. And these people have had to have been in foster care before. So they were in foster care, they turned 18. And we all know if we don't have a family and a community behind us, it could be hard. So imagine being a foster child, then you come out to the world at 18 years old without a village, without a backing. That's where we come into play. And we say, we've got a voucher for you for the next three years. And it's not just a regular Section 8 voucher. We're not just going to inspect the property, send you in there, pay the rent, and then hope you got it in three years. doesn't work that way. We have all know that that's not been very successful. So what we're doing now is we're promising agency backing with each one of these voucher recipients. And MICA, Hope House, and other agencies are owning these individuals and we're becoming their village. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing, but as you know, inventory short. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they don't need just a one bedroom. Some of them have, you know, been married. Some of them have started a family. So we, we need all scopes of inventory. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it, you know, when you think about, I've, I've been not obviously involved in, in, in the housing choice voucher program, but have been close enough to it for years to know that these vouchers do not come around all the time. Right. Somebody who comes in and says, Hey, I'm interested in it. I and mean, it's a years long wait. Um, so this is really incredible that yes, you all are having these. And I know that, um, you know, I think about myself at 18, would I have been able to just 
start my life without my family and my friends and support. No, I mean, this is, um, you think about yourself at 18, it, it's hard That's to right. do that. And this is such a, a great opportunity. Um, so that brings me to a question about inventory. Obviously, this is not something that the realtors need explanation on. They are feeling it every day, every know day it. with every buyer that they have. Um, but specifically for you all, what kinds of housing are you looking for? Size, right? Are they sharing homes? Are they all together? What, what kind of homes are you looking for? And is there a specific geography? So some of our property managers are listening can maybe be thinking about their property owners that they represent and, you know, might this be a good fit? So kind of what those two things, what kind of homes and then where are you looking if there are any specifics? Well, right now, um, if you look, I mean, I'm sure with us as professionals, a one, the average one bedroom is like $1,500 here in Fredericksburg. That's a lot of money. Um, And, and, you know, my leader, Peg Phillips has taught me that if we can get rent just a little bit lower, we can help just one more person, two more people. So affordable housing is hard. Um, For permanent support housing, um, those are for individuals or MICA um, or any single person. Um, We need a one bedroom. Um, Ms. Phillips um, has led um, her program that has been successful when they've been um, one bedrooms for our permanent support housing. So we can truly focus on the healing of that person and be structured that way. So a one bedroom is needed, as like I said, one bedrooms are hard to find right now. We just don't have a lot of them. You know, we keep building new construction, but there's not many one bedroom studios in there. So one bedrooms are definitely needed. Um, we like to keep our, our guests who don't drive close to the bus line. Um, and not only close to the bus line, let's think about the community that we're giving. Um, we have mental health services. Um, so we need to be close to the um, you know, maybe the health department or RCSB um, need to be close to the um, to the hospital. So with that being said, again, 2240122407, some parts of Stafford might be okay. We just don't want to send them all the way to like to Caroline because there's just not a lot of transportation out there. Right. Okay. Um, that could be a barrier in you know, public transportation. And so we can improve that. We definitely want to keep them close to the city of Fredericksburg. Um, which is where most of their doctors are from. Um, and we want to make sure we still keep them in their, um, their services. Okay. Um, so that's very important. Um, and for our families, two and three bedrooms, we really don't need large homes. Um, we just need, you know, again, two to three bedroom that could fit a family of three to four, you know? Um, so we do have some singles that through rapid rehousing because they don't all have permanent support housing that do become roommates. So some of those two bedrooms would be for our rapid rehousing individuals that are not married or have children. So right. again, from anywhere from a studio um, to a three bedroom and um, some of our section eight voucher recipients because they are younger and that not all have children. I've spoken with the housing specialist over at Central Housing and she has educated me that a basement could work as well. So if you have a home and maybe your in-law suite or children went away to college and didn't come back <laughs> and you have a basement with a kitchen, it just has to have a kitchen, a full bathroom, a living room with a window and a bedroom with a window. Right, and you, okay. They can't pay like a percentage of the utilities. It has to either be included or have a separate meter. 
So, um, for example, I'm speaking to an owner right now, a private owner that is able to do the basement. And she says, oh, I'll just include a flat rate for the utilities. And I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, well, I have a door that goes upstairs. Oh, that's easy. We just have to change it so you don't have access to the basement. Because we want to, you know, HUD specifies that the housing unit has to be theirs. And only right. they have Their access home. to it. They need that's to be right. in that property. That's Absolutely. right. But I remember raising four kids. I always had an empty basement. It was their hangout spot. So... <laughs> Right. To COVID, if we want extra income, and you don't have to wait months to get qualified to be a landlord partner through Central Virginia. Those ladies are the sense of urgency is just as well and equally, um, um, you know, portrayed because they're they're um, approving people a lot faster. Yeah. Um, I I have a specific person in Central Virginia that if I have a landlord who has never rented to Section Eight, I can make it a direct. Um, introduction and it's taken care of. It's no stress whatsoever. So that brings, that's a great segue into my next set of questions is let's talk about some of these processes. I know sometimes people may think this is a hard process to get involved in. It's going to take a long Mm -hmm. time for my house to get inspected. You know, once I'm in the program, do I still have autonomy over my units and do I still get to, you know, you know, how does that, the tenant application process work? Can you walk us through a little bit of that? Yeah, so the tenant application process in reference to all programs in general, or would you, anyone in specific can? I think that we talk a little bit about Micah's program Mm -hmm. and certainly the Housing Choice Voucher program. Okay, so the uh, the Vouching Choice, the (laughs) House, I'm sorry, Section 8 Voucher. (laughs) I'm going to butcher that name. I apologize. (laughs) Um, So that process, if you are interested, so we have to first make sure that you are an approved landlord and that your property can be approved. Um, so we have a team, a Central Virginia, that we have the paperwork, we email it to you. It's very touchless, even in this in this um, time that we're in. I have a full package. We show interest, we get your property approved, we get you approved, and then once you're approved, then the tenant fills out whatever application you have, just like everyone else. If you have an application fee, that will be granted. If you have a residential application, that will be granted as well. Um, And we work together with the client to apply for that. So it could take anywhere from a week to two weeks. It does not take longer than that. And that's for, we have to schedule the inspection of the property. We want to make sure it's compliant. Um, And we want to do that right the first time. So once the property is approved, then the um, client applies and then we get it, get it done. The fastest one I've seen done is about a week and a half. And that was from inspection application to inspection to a check in the, you know, check ready to give in hand to move the person in. Yeah. That's a very reasonable time frame. Okay. Absolutely. And do you have- I would like to, I'd like to add about the inspections because if I were a um, property manager or a homeowner, I would probably be a little bit, um, a little bit wary of. Oh my goodness, what are they going to find in my property? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I guess where I stand for that is that perhaps you've had tenants for for years and have had different tenants in your property for years. You may not even be aware of what problems there are in that house. So having a fresh start with. Um, with their inspection, which is, is quite detailed from what I understand, that 
that is the property management and the owner's um, really good way to look at it is that you're getting a really good set of fresh eyes on your property so that you can address the problems that are, are there before they become big problems. So, yeah, that's a great point. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Know what you're dealing with, have Mm -hmm. another set of eyes and inspection and have it done in a timely manner and get, you know, get a tenant in there. That's right. Yeah. That's great. Okay. And what about, how do your programs work through Micah? Similar podcasts or... Through Micah as well as Louisiana Hope House. I don't want to make it seem like Rapid Rehousing is only Micah. We just happen to have the only leader for Micah yeah. right now. We have a great partnership. Um, so with those units, if uh, a landlord has interest in renting to us, um, they would come to me or any of our other housing locators. Me specifically, I inspect the property myself. Um, my leaders have given me a standard and a checklist that I go by. I also do visual inspections in reference to lead-based paint um, and will instruct if you know anything comes up in that manner. Um, I work closely with my landlords. So if I do see something, my process is a little bit different. So I have a checklist and if something's come up, that don't comply to our standards, uh, we'll have a conversation. Um, I have plenty, um, it'll be something simple like not enough um, smoke detectors or the windows don't lock and they didn't even know it. Like Peg said, um, sometimes you just don't even know. You don't know the house, you don't live in it, you just own it. So I go through it, make sure that, you know, the filters are okay, make sure that everything is um, working order. I'm not looking for granite, stainless steel, Berber carpet. Um, <laughs> I'm not looking for HGTV perfect home. I'm looking for habitability. I'm looking for comfort, safety um, for our clients. Um, I'm their eyes and they trust me. And so do the agencies to make sure that we're putting them in a habitable and safe home. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. I, um, I, and I think that that, you know, resonates with our, our property managers too. They, even though they don't work for the tenant, they work for the, the landlord, but they do have a relationship with that tenant. They're the ones often mm-hmm. that are going in and inspecting and, you know, doing the move in and move out inspections and yes, um, getting the call from the tenants if there is something wrong. Um, so they often, you know, develop a, a relationship with those, with those tenants. And a lot of times the owners are not, they're not local. They don't That's live around right. here. So That's to know right. that there's, you know, yet another set of eyes and ears in that facility, in that unit and, you know, making sure that it's, um, it's so they um, protect their investment. That's, that's great. Kim, I haven't mentioned a very important part of our team and, um, I don't think people talk about them enough. Um, and it's our housing navigators who we also call case managers. They're not social workers. They're case managers, housing navigators. They walk beside me and beside me the whole time. From the moment that we we locate an individual to I inspect the home, that we go and show the home to the client, I meet the landlord. They're not quite there without the client. So they they come in with the client. That's why I'm gonna I really wanna brag about them right now, because I don't think people talk about them enough. They are the ones who are holding hands. So when they first move in and they have that five-day inspection, you know, the five days to find something wrong or they have five days to do it. A lot of people don't even practice that or take advantage of that time because they don't know how to. That's where our housing navigators come into. They help them with that. They become the advocate. When they have questions that they feel that they should ask the landlord, the housing navigator comes in and says, wait, let's talk about what we're going to ask him. See if we can answer that ourselves. See if Josie has that answer before we go and take that extra step. Truly teaching them not only how to be a good neighbor, a good tenant, but just to just 
understand the process itself. We, we equip them with education. So um, utilities, how do I turn the pilot on? Um, just the, those phone calls that you receive as a landlord that you're just like, man, I wish, I, where's their dad or where's their, where's their yeah, neighbor? Hey, realtors where's... get those questions after people buy the house too. No kidding. I remember. We're, we're not all born knowing how to, how to do that stuff. <laughs> as homeowners, we know the struggle and these yeah. are, these are renters and they haven't rented in a long time. So our, our house navigators are angels on wheels, man. They really come in, they help with the utilities. They make sure that if, if, if nobody's answered the phone or the door and nobody, neighbors have seen anybody come out, let's have somebody go out there and check on them. That's their, that's their fiduciary obligation. That's what they do. They make sure that our guests are okay. They make sure that no one that's not on that lease is staying in that home. I mean, they've got tricks to the trade that they've taught me. I'm talking about how many toothbrushes are in that bathroom. Um, I, I know somebody's smiling right now that taught <laughs> me that trick. Um, and I couldn't be as successful. I couldn't wear my, my head on strong in this community if it wasn't for their work on the field. We wouldn't be successful without them. So I really want to stress them, um, stress the fact that they are on board and they are part of this process. Yeah, I think so. What's really, you know, um, been very strong for me over these years learning about your programs is that you're not just signing a contract in a, in a lease. Mm -hmm. You are joining this community um, of yes. folks really, you know, doing great work um, and and really making a huge difference. So, yes, yes, there are huge advantages for landlords in terms of, you know, very little downtime on the market. Mm -hmm. If you have a client that's moving out, um, you don't need to sit there and worry about getting it, you know, getting the photos, putting it on the MLS, doing all this, you can say, Hey, Josie, okay, these folks mm -hmm. are moving out. Do you have another client for me and have very little mm -hmm. downtime, which is huge, right? Time is money when you have. a Absolutely. That's a, that's a big deal for the landlord. Absolutely. If I can keep some of your marketing budget down, um, advertising, um, if I do my job correctly, as my leaders expect of me, you shouldn't have to call me and tell me you have a free unit coming up. I should know. Right. Um, and even right, if you great. tell me, no, this year, I just rented it out in June. I'm going to call you next year and say, hey, I remember that one we talked about a year ago. Yeah. Um, we are that much in need of, of inventory. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're right. Please allow me to, you know, I don't want to take the, the, the revenue away from the property managers. That's not what I'm trying to do. We, we don't run a property management company. Um, but I definitely want to partner where there is no vacancies. Um, we have zero gap of, of, of tenants in there. Um, right. But what a great thing to tell your owners, right? I'm, I own this property, you know, somebody's managing it for me and be able to say, Hey, I have made a connection in this community. I have created a partnership with, you know, the Micah and the other agencies to keep your unit rented to the maximum capacity absolutely. that we can. And that's a Not, huge selling point. For yes, managers. Absolutely. Kim. Um, I like to brag a little bit. Um, and people will be like, why are you talking about that? But let me show you a story. We had um, a, a tenant, a client um, who we had housed, and um, unfortunately, um, the, the tenant was displaced um, for uh, legal reasons, and the home, in a regular situation, that landlord would have, been in, in, would have had to clean out the apartment, take all the things out, and make sure they hire a crew to get all that stuff done, and that's probably going to take about a month. Well, our team jumped on board immediately. We not only made sure all personal things were taken care of and given to his family, but we went, um, we went ahead also cleaned out the apartment 
and and put another family in there. That did not cost the landlord not one penny. They did not have to clean out. They did not have to paint. We made sure we took care of everything. And we handed them a new tenant without any gap Mm -hmm. of time. I, I like to think that's a success story right there. Oh, absolutely. Because, and during COVID, let's, yeah, let's mention during COVID. Right. Um, and I, and that's what we stand for. We don't, nobody gets left behind. Nobody. Right. And when, from a property management perspective, when we think about evictions, they're time consuming, they're stressful for, for all mm-hmm. parties involved, but certainly, you know, for the tenants, uh, one of the benefits I think with this program is that you can, you work to actively avoid that outcome. You address Absolutely. those problems before you're getting to the point where you're three months behind on rent and, you know, maybe That's breaking right. other terms in the lease. These are things that you can deal with upfront. Those individuals have support. So if they do experience right. a life event, like a car breaking down or a medical issue, you can help them before it becomes a problem and before it becomes destabilizing for that tenant too. That's right. Moving around is, is does not provide a stable environment for, for anybody. At all. Especially um, families with children. And That's right. So, um, it's really a great benefit for both sides. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of us are working from home. Our neighbors are home more often. Um, so we want to make sure we have good neighbors and we'd like to be a part of that process. Um, so before we leave, I want to make sure that if people are interested in talking with you, even if it's just having an introductory conversation to say, hey, I don't know that I have any properties right now, but I know that I have them coming up in August and my homeowner is interested how do they get in touch with you? What is the best way to, to find this information and to reach out to you? Yes, ma'am. Um, you can contact me via cell phone. Um, my direct number is 540-760-3310. Uh, my email address is Josie, as my first name, J-O-S-I-E, at do, D-O-L-O-V-E, W-A-L-K, dolovewalk.net. Um, and that's my email address. And also our, we have stable homes, um, partnership dot peg. Can you help me? Is it dot org or dot net? I apologize. I'm dot sorry. Org. Dot org. Stable homes, partnership dot org. We are under, um, our program is under the continuum of care here in Fredericksburg. Um, but best, uh, thing to do is just call me. Let's have a conversation. Um, ask me anything. Um, I do come with references, property managers, private landlords, um, and private owners um, and landlords, um, even apartment complex. Uh, we, we have a good reputation. We have a great team. Um, so no question is a dumb question. So just give me a call. Let's just get this started. I, I love coffee. So we can have a conversation over coffee on Zoom. Yes. Yes. I ran into Josie at Italian Station. So maybe that's right there. They've got some great stuff. Well, yes, thank you, do. lady. Peg, Josie, this was great information. We will make sure that we send this out to our members. And we know that this is such a challenging time on the inventory side. And maybe if, you know, we've we've got some folks who who have some homeowners who are interested in participating, we can just, you know, make that pool of landlords just a little bit bigger for you all to be able to reach into. Awesome. Thank you you so much, Kim and everyone. Have a blessed one. You did a good job, Josie. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Far Louder. Find more resources at farmembers.com.